0: And I'm happy to be here to be able to share with you a little bit about some of the wonderful things that God is doing and some of the great harvest fields of the world. My ministry is in Latin America primarily, but I, and, I, and in that role, I am the director of Latin American Ministries for The Witness Project. But The Witness Project is a ministry that is worldwide. And if you'll notice on the screen behind you, Uh, It uh, has a little slogan there, Worldwide Training of National Pastors and the Core Mission uh, is the core mission of the Witness Project. And so uh, when we think about missions, we think about uh, the the command that Jesus gave. Uh, Over 2,000 years ago, the the, um, uh, resurrected, pre-ascended Christ gave his followers a command. And that command was to take the gospel to all the world. To, to take the message of His death, His burial, and His resurrection to everyone, uh, everyone on the face of the earth. And that early church took that very seriously seriously. Uh, It wasn't, uh, they didn't think that that was an option that they had. They didn't think it was a suggestion that Jesus made in passing. But they took that as a direct command from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And in the first 100 years of uh, of the first century, they transformed their world. They took the gospel to their known world at that time. They did that without smartphones. I asked a guy earlier, I said, is that phone smarter than you? And he said, yes, it is. Uh, They did that without television. They did that without computers. They did that without airplanes. Uh, They walked to almost everywhere they went. If they didn't walk, they used uh, wind-driven sailboats and ships, and uh, they faced all kinds of dangers. And, uh, and yet, in spite of all the things they did not have, they accomplished what we don't seem to be able to do with everything we do have. Amen? And so I'm not here to complain tonight. I'm just simply here simply to, to let you know that there is a job for all of us to do. There is a wonderful uh, partnership that God wants us to be uh, involved in, and it can include every one of you. Now I know that when I, the next statement I'm about to make is not going to seem like the truth, but uh, bear with me. I just turned 70, and I want you to know that I'm not thinking about retiring. I'm thinking about refiring. Amen. Amen. I want to keep on going for the Lord as long as I can. And we have bought into this idea in America that when you turn 65, suddenly you expire. You know, you're not as useful as you could be. But I want you to know that some of the greatest heroes in the the Bible were 80 and above. And they did their greatest work after they were in their senior adult uh, 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 years. And so I want to say to you tonight that you're not too young and you're not too old tonight for God not to be able to use you. Amen? God can use you if you are available. Someone has said, and you probably heard this uh, many, many times, but the greatest ability is availability. And if you'll make yourself available to God, God will do some incredible things in your life, whether you're a teenager or a junior age boy or a girl, or whether you're, you're uh, middle-aged or whether you're in your later years. God can and will use you. He wants to use you to make a difference in the world that you you live in today, and there's a great need for that right now. And so, uh, uh, I want you to open your Bibles for just a moment tonight to Acts chapter one and verse eight. Acts chapter one and verse eight. And in Acts chapter one and verse eight, you find a great verse. Uh, you know, in the Bible, in the New Testament, the Great Commission was given five times. In other words, five different times in different ways the Lord Jesus Christ said to His disciples, I want you to take this message of my death, burial, and resurrection, and I want you to publicize that to the whole world. Now, He didn't say that in the same way each time, but uh, those five times are when we have what we, what's come to be known as the Great Commission, or the Universal Commission, and it appears at the end of each one of the Gospels and the first chapter of the book of Acts. And that first chapter of the book of Acts is where I want us to look at tonight for just a few moments before we have the slide presentation. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, that, that, uh, that one verse there... Uh, that says, uh, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. Now, in that one verse, we have, uh, first of all, a privilege, and the privilege is to be his witnesses. Amen? Amen? It is a great privilege to tell someone else what Jesus has done for you. I had the privilege of doing that on four different occasions today from the time I left uh, San Antonio, Texas this morning at 730 until uh, I landed in Birmingham, Alabama about noon today. And so uh, I've had an opportunity to share my faith and to share what God has done in my life. And I, I don't count that just as a duty. It is a duty. It is an obligation. Paul said, uh, I'm a debtor, both to the, to the Jews and to the Greeks, both to the barbarians. Uh, you know, I'm a debtor. And, and we ought to all sense that we have a debt to pay to those who are unsaved. But beyond that, we have a great privilege. It is a joy to be able to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I said it's a joy to tell someone about Jesus. Amen? Amen. And uh, we seem to have lost that here uh, in our country today among Christians. You know, we have focused, I guess, so much on the obligation and the responsibility and the duty that we have lost the, the idea and the sense of the joy and the privilege it is to be a witness for Him. You know, God could have used angels to publicize the gospel, but He chose redeemed, fallen sinners like you and I to give out the good news the gospel, that someone has said that, uh, that uh, Christianity is just one beggar telling another beggar where there's bread. Amen? And that's exactly who we are today. And so we have a great privilege given to us there. You shall be my witnesses. But that also talks, uh, that verse also talks about uh, a great plan. That plan is, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and that word "both" is a key ver, a key word in that verse. Both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. Now, now watch carefully. That doesn't mean that we we, uh, we stake out Coleman, Alabama, and when we get everybody saved in Coleman, Alabama, then we move on to uh, Birmingham. Or, or Huntsville, or somewhere else. It means that uh, that we need to be witnesses in Coleman, Alabama, and at the same time, while we're witnessing in Coleman, Alabama, we need to be witnessing in in, uh, in Tennessee, and we need to be witnessing in Texas, and we need to be witnessing in other parts of the world until everyone in the world gets an opportunity to hear the gospel. Amen. Amen. All at the same time all at the same time, simultaneously. And so uh, we have there a great plan. And and that plan, you, you cannot improve on the plan that God makes. He makes a perfect plan. And where we go wrong is we try to tweak things. We try to change things. We try to improve upon what God has already given us. And you can't improve upon perfection. And God's plan is perfect. And then, not only that, but you have the promise of a power, a great power. You shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, we Baptists, we have a tendency sometimes to shy away from that that, that phrase, Holy Ghost. But there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. 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 The Holy Spirit is a wonderful person. He is your friend. He is my friend. He's the friend of every born-again child of God. And by the way, he's the friend of every sinner. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit has come, He's going to convince men of their sin. He's going to reveal things to men. He's going to cause them to realize their need of Christ. And He's going to woo them unto Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit is the power that God has given us to get the job done. Amen. And I want you to know that That regardless of the language that is spoken, regardless of the culture that you find yourself in, when the gospel is given in the right way, the right plan, with the right spirit, the spirit of privilege, and when it's given under the power of the Holy Spirit, great things happen. People are saved and born again and and changed and transformed just like some of you tonight. And so the point I'm making is is that God is doing some great things in the world, and I hope tonight that when I leave this place, if you get nothing else, I hope that you will have your appetite whetted a little bit to want to be a part of the great plan and partnership that God wants to make with each one of us in reaching the world for His glory and for its good. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about the Witness Project. You'll see it on the screen there. And it is, as I mentioned a moment ago, it's a worldwide ministry devoted to the training of national pastors and church leaders in discipleship, in church planning, and in soul winning. Can we have the next slide? Uh, now what 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 is the need? well, uh, fifty thousand new churches are planted every year, and uh, those uh, new churches need pastors and many times when the doors are open, they don't have a pastor they don't have a, a pastor or especially they don't have a trained pastor and so there's a great need. Second slide, what are the core, what's the core mission of the witness project? It is scriptural soul winning. Biblical discipleship and planning of New Testament churches. Now, notice I said scriptural soul winning. You know, soul winning is, uh, has become uh, uh, something of, uh, of our fallen on disfavor in, in many of our, our circles today. And uh, there are those that would cause us to believe that soul winning is passé. Uh, that has fallen out of vogue you know that that it doesn't work anymore but i want you to know that jesus said follow me and i will make you fishers of men and it still works if we do it right our problem is is that we have tweaked And we have changed, and we have gotten away from the biblical model. And when you try to witness uh, in in the power of man, it will always uh, uh, lead to uh, to bad results. But when you uh, when you follow the scriptural uh, formula for soul winning, when you give out the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit, then God will do the rest. Amen. And so we talk about scriptural soul winning. We talk about biblical discipleship. And we talk about planning New Testament churches. Next slide. Now, what is the need? There is only one formally trained leader for every 450,000 people outside the United States. Next slide. The Witness Project was founded in, uh, in May of 1999. It began in the Philippines, and then it spread to India, and uh, and to, to today we are in 67 different countries, provinces, and states around the world. There are more than 50,000 pastors that have been trained by our ministry teams. Uh, over 2 million new soul winners have been trained since that time, and uh, over 4,900 new churches have been planted. And that brochure that uh, Brother Jeff uh, showed you just a moment ago will go more into detail about that. <clears throat> Next slide. In India, for instance, right now, our uh a director in India is Pastor uh, Thomas Maher, and uh, Pastor Maher has done a, a, a tremendous job. Next slide. Um, well, it's out of it's out of order there a little bit. Let me let me just go on on, on uh, somehow or other. It's it's not uh, in the right order. Uh, India, second most populous country in the world. Uh, the only other country that has a greater population is china it's 1.27 billion people and these are 2014 figures uh, there are 51 new births every minute so every minute that passes every 60 seconds there are 50 more 51 more indians on planet earth uh, 50% of india's population is under 25 years of age and it is one of the 10 countries uh, sending out the most missionaries in 2010. How about that? Uh, that's an unusual uh, statistic, and I was surprised when I uh, read that as well. So uh, uh, the the greatest... Uh, Sending nations uh, for sending out missionaries now are becoming more and more third world countries. In fact, uh, uh, a statistic that I read recently was that in 2001, the Philippines sent out more missionaries than we did. Next slide. Now, what is the need? In Ecuador, more than 50% of the Baptist churches have no trained pastor. Next slide. Approximately 90% of Latin American pastors have little or no formal ministry training. Next slide. What's the need if every Christian training center in the world, now that, that means every Bible institute, that means every Bible college. That means uh, every local church uh, training uh, 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 program. If every, if every Christian training center in the world operated in 120% capacity, less than 10% of the world's unequipped leaders would be trained. That's the great need that we have today. Five million pastors in the 1040 window have no access to any formal Bible training. Next slide. Now, what what does that mean? That means that if a pastor is not trained, then he doesn't know bad doctrine from good doctrine in many instances. And so, what the, the result is that we have many sincere. Faithful pastors that are teaching uh, truths that are not true not not scriptural, and they need someone to come alongside them and teach them in a spirit of love and understanding and and, and encouragement so that they then can uh, go out and teach their people now in the philippines is uh, the area where uh, the uh, Witness Project started uh, back in 1999 uh, with uh, Dr. David Wood. How many of you are familiar with Dr. Wood? Raise their hand if you would. Dr. David, a dear friend of mine, he's the one of the most positive men that I've ever met in my life. I've never, in the years that I've known him, I've never known him to say a negative word about anybody. I mean, everything is wonderful and great and good and and uh, you know, he just he just lives on that uh, on that kind of uh, a plateau. And uh, uh, the Philippines, uh, start back in, the, in 1999, the Philippines were the first place that, that uh, the Witness Project began. And uh, Pastor Joey Saucco, is our director there. And Pastor Salco uh, was in the very first uh, international soul-winning director's institute that Dr. Wood uh, conducted there in the Philippines, in the city of Manila. At that time, he pastored a church that uh, ran uh, less than 50. And God so stirred his heart, now he, he pastored a church that runs over 1,000. And uh, he has been instrumental in in, uh, in, uh, founding other churches, and uh, and he's just done a a marvelous job uh, during the time that he's been the director. Uh, In the Philippines, you have over 107 million people living on over 7,000 different islands. The Philippines has the largest Christian population outside of the Americas, and Europe, 87 million Filipinos claim to be Christians other doors uh, have opened since the uh, the uh uh, work there in the Philippines, just spread to Myanmar and Vietnam, Cambodia, Singapore, China, and the U.S. And I, I, I got an email today from Joy, and he says that it's also in Dubai. They have missionaries now in Dubai and in Australia and, uh, and uh, uh, also uh, uh, in... Uh, uh, I think I've already put it up in Cambodia. So uh, from that one area, it just spreads out. I mean, it just like like wildfire. Uh, so God is doing a great work there. And then in uh, in uh, two thousand and ten, I began uh, my ministry as Director of Latin American Ministries for the Witness Project. Uh, Dr. David Wood had approached me about uh, being a part of that uh, ministry, and so for 33 years I pastored one church in Waco, Texas, the Bell Mead Calvary Baptist Church, which is now pastored by one of my uh, preacher boys, Dr. Gerald McElroy, and it's now the Greater Waco Baptist Church. And uh, so I resigned as pastor in uh, February, uh, 33 years to the day that the church called me as pastor and uh, began our ministry. And uh, Latin America is a great uh, harvest field of the world. 21 countries with a population of 580 million people, 50 million of those live on less than $1 a day. Uh, Think about that. Uh, it, would you find it difficult to live on less than a dollar a day? Amen. You sure would. But yet 50 million of them, more than 50 million, live on less than a dollar a day. Uh, Latin America has nine, they have nine, it has nine leftist or left-leaning governments. Why is that important? It means that any, at any moment the doors could close. For American missionaries, and so it's important, it's essential that we uh, have Latin uh, Latins that are trained and uh, can carry on the work. Uh, 137 million of uh, that 580 million are under the age of eight, uh, 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 15. About 15 percent of Latin Americans have converted to evangelical Christianity, making it the fastest-growing religion in the region. A few years ago, the the, uh, Latin American Council, uh, Catholic Bishops' Council said that there are 8,000 Latin Americans every day that convert to evangelical Christianity. That's every day. So it's a great harvest field. Next uh, slide. Eight new countries since 2010 Uh, We have uh, been able to open it up when we started. Uh, The Witness Project was not in any of those countries. And so in the last uh, four years, actually three and a half years, we've seen eight. And next month, God willing, we'll open up our ninth country, which is Panama. Uh, more than uh, 1,400 pastors have been trained in how to establish a soul winning training ministry in their own local church. We bring these men in and uh, when necessary we will pay their transportation cost in. We'll pay their transportation costs back. Uh, we will lodge them and feed them for three days. And we will train them intensively in Operation Go. Uh, Which is a soul winning uh, uh, ministry uh, strategy. And then uh, at the end of those three days if they will commit to establishing this ministry in their own local church. Then we will give them the materials uh, that are sufficient for them to begin that ministry along with the copyrights for uh, that material. And uh, uh, if you could just be with me in some of these meetings and see some of these men. I've seen grown men uh, my age, younger, uh, older, I've seen them literally break down and weep with joy because of, uh, of the benefits of the teaching that we have been able to give them. And we praise the Lord for that uh in uh, the four in less than four years that we've been in the witness project we've seen uh, over 82,000 new soul winners trained are now being trained uh, those so those pastors have uh, uh, established 213 new churches that is, a, planted that many churches, and we have trained our first national, all-national ministry team, and I have been privileged to personally train over 400 new soul winners that are multiplying my ministry every day that I, that I live. Uh, we have open doors. Uh, Costa Rica, uh, that's a new country that we've been invited to, Uh, Dominican Republic is a new one. We've been invited to Spain. And if we had the funds and the, the time, we could go to those countries tonight. I mean, the 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 uh, invitations are open. We've been asked to return to Cuba. I w- was in Cuba about two years ago and had a tremendous, tremendous time. We trained over 200 pastors, and uh, God is doing some incredible things in the church in Cuba. It is literally on fire. And now uh, I have 500 pastors in Cuba that want me to come back and train them and how to establish this uh, soul-winning ministry and, and uh, discipleship ministry in their local churches. We've been to Honduras. They want us to return. We've been to Nicaragua. They want us to return. Uh, our team was in Belize this past May, and they pleaded with us to come back for another, uh, another time. Uh, and in Bolivia as well, we have invitations to come back. So we praise the Lord for what He's doing. And this is our first all-national team, and this is critical for us. Because we believe that regardless of what the missionary does, uh, for instance, if a missionary has a great vision, that's wonderful. And if he can catch that vision, that's great as well. But the bottom line is, is that if there's not nationals there with the same vision to carry on the ministry, then it will fail. And so uh, we go in and our intent is to, is to raise up national leadership that will take charge of the ministry and carry it on. And God has done some great things. Uh, Pastor Roberto Gomez uh, is our Central American director. On uh, his right is his wife Sonia Gomez. And uh, she is just a tremendous lady, loves the Lord. And uh, the other gentleman there is Brother Ruiz Diaz. Uh, he is uh, uh, part of the ministry team there at the Zacamil Baptist Church in San Salvador. And uh, that's the capital of El Salvador. And uh, that church uh, is a a dynamic church. This church reminds me a lot of that church. It is an exciting church. They have five services on Sunday starting at 7.30 in the morning. I have preached four of those five services more than one time. And I'll tell you, at the end of the day, when you preach four services like that to the crowds that they have, you are like water poured out of a boot. I'll tell you, you're really tired. And uh, they're doing a great and wonderful job. Would you, would you pray for them? Now watch carefully. The Gomez's, they were members of the Zacamil Baptist Church as lay people. Uh, both of them are, are architects by trade. And uh, suddenly their pastor dies. And so Brother Gomez steps up and he says, okay, I'll be part of the team uh, the transition team until God gives us a pastor. And so they accepted that and he's been there ever since as pastor. And, and so he tells me, he said, don't ever volunteer for anything. Uh, don't do that. And, but he's a great man, one of the sweetest friends that I have in all the world and a great servant of God and doing a great job for the Lord. We go down there every year. We take a group down. Uh, This year was our second uh, group that we took down. We go down. We go down on Monday. Uh, I'm already there, but they go down on Monday with Dr. Wood. They come back on Saturday and they are able to do street witnessing. They're able to see uh, 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 an institute uh, as we train pastors. They're able to see that uh, in, uh, in person and uh, it is just a life changing uh, uh, thing. We'd like to invite some of you to go with us next year, next summer and be a part of our team in El Salvador. And then uh, in closing tonight I want to share with you something that just really excites me. It's a new initiative that we have now in our Latin American division of the Witness Project and it's called the Samaria Project. Um, How many of you know a Hispanic person? You know someone that's Hispanic. Raise your hand. Way up high. All right. Now, uh, in case you don't know it, I I love Hispanic people. I have a daughter-in-law that's Hispanic. I have one of the most beautiful granddaughters in the world, and she has a Hispanic background. She'll turn 18 years old this month and uh in fact uh I often say that if you don't speak Spanish you're not going to be able to talk when we get to heaven because that's the heavenly language now one lady called me on that one day after I made that statement and she said you show me in the bible where we're going to be speaking Spanish in heaven <laughs> that's just my idea but uh we are experiencing in America a great phenomenon. We have always had Latinos who have crossed the border and, coming, uh, and have come into our country. But now the numbers are astounding. Uh, in the first four months of this year, according to the Washington Post, we had 52,000 children that crossed the borders into our country alone. Now, I, that's, a, that's a political uh, hot potato. I'm not in it politically. So my interest is not political. It's not economic. My interest is spiritual. Amen. Those people need to be reached for Christ. Amen. God is sending us a mission field right to our back door. And so we have, we have uh, a great burden for that. And this year, in fact, I'll have my first uh, Samaria Project uh, uh, meeting in Columbia, South Carolina, the end of this month. And uh, we're excited about that. And uh, we're going to, to try to reach and disciple the Latino population of America while promoting citizenship. And we're not only going to try to get them saved and try to get them uh, uh, discipled and productive as Christians, but we want to teach them American history and constitutional government from a conservative standpoint. And and so that they will become uh, productive citizens uh, in our country and, uh, and, uh, and an asset to us in a very real way. Next slide. A local church ministry to reach disciple, and promote citizenship among the Latino population of America. That's our vision. Next slide. What's the need? There are more than 50 and a half million Hispanics in the U.S. today. The U.S. is the second largest Spanish speaking country in the world. And there are more Spanish-speaking people in the U.S. today than in all of Central America. Think about that. We need to do something to address that. The purpose is to win them to Christ, to plant local churches or Hispanic ministries. That is, maybe it might be a Sunday school class in a local church that has a vision for the Latino population. And so it may remain a a Sunday school class till Jesus comes. Or it could become, it could come to the point that it is a sustainable uh, uh, congregation that could be planted as a local indigenous uh, church. And if so, then that could be done and then the, the, uh, the Anglo church could go back and start it all over again and just continually plant Hispanic churches. Uh, to teach basic citizenship American history and constitutional government. The strategy is to establish a national director, to choose cooperating uh, a cooperating church or pastor in a populated area, Find a Latino leader for that area to train and equip that leader to provide oversight with accountability, and results will be a strong indigenous church or ministry that will reproduce itself. And that's what our, our strategy is. We're we're praying that God will uh, will raise up a, a national leader now. Right now, the church in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, the uh, New Life Baptist Church, uh, pastored by Uh, Brother John Hamilton, they already have a businessman, a Latino businessman in that church and has a great burden for his own people. And so uh, I'll be training that that man along with uh, other Latino pastors that will be coming in and Latino leaders from surrounding areas there. Next slide. Here are our prayer needs. We need a national director to guide and promote this new incentive. Would you put that on your prayer list and pray that God would raise up that national leader? We don't know where he is, but God does. And God is able to provide him in a, in a, in a real way. We need God's wisdom and guidance as we seek out churches that will partner with us in this new initiative. Just this past, uh, in fact, just this week, I met with two pastors who have uh, told me that they want to have a part in this ministry and they're willing to open up their churches and and commit themselves to beginning uh, this new ministry. We need leaders for the new ministries as they are established and we need to have prayer for God's continued power and hand of blessing. You know, we can plan and uh, we can work but it's God that determines, amen? It's God that blesses. It's God's hand that gives the power. It's God's hand that uh, that opens uh, the doors that no man can close and closes the doors that no man can open. And I'll tell you, we serve an awesome God today. If you don't know that, I'm, t- I'm here to tell you that tonight. Amen? We serve an awesome God, and He loves you tonight. He has a great plan for your life. I told a young man uh, earlier tonight, God had a great plan for his life, and God has a great plan for your life. And I'll tell you, I'm excited about serving Jesus. I hope you're excited tonight. Thank you, Pastor, for letting me come.